Don't get nervous. <laughs> it's good to be saved, good to be in church. Turn to Luke chapter 2. Don't get nervous, this is not a Christmas message. <laughs> Luke chapter 2. Glad to have my notes. I was looking for my notes right when the uh, service started, and Tim said that Malin had them. So I looked a couple pews forward, and there they were. So I'm not sure if Malin had them or Uncle Tim had them. So. Did Malin write them? No. <laughs> Maybe the last page. Luke 2, we're going to look in verse 8 through 10. Verse 8 of Luke 2 says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Um, I think this is a pattern that we see in the Bible a lot. We're going to see the word fear not in the Bible many, many times. You're going to see a pattern of something that is scary or something someone might be afraid of. And then you're going to see a messenger of God or even God himself saying to fear not. And then last of all, you're going to see the reason you shouldn't fear. Let's pray and, and we'll get started. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to preach. Uh, Lord, I don't take it lightly. I pray that you'd um, be with me and help me to do my best for you. Help me to um, just only say the things that you want me to say, Lord. I pray that you'd give me power, give me the unction and the, from on high, Lord. I pray that you'd help me to uh, just do my best. And Lord, I pray that you'd be with those here. I pray that uh, you would use your word uh, to, to be a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, before I go any farther, I would like to say thank you publicly to everyone that helped with the Christmas concert. Um, honestly, I'm just a project manager. Everybody else has to run it, right? Uh, everybody did a fantastic job and, and followed through and did a fantastic job with practicing and did their best that night. So thank you very much. Fear not. That is the title of my message. Uh, the term fear not shows up 62 times in our King James Bible. That's not necessarily from God uh, himself. Uh, I think one time it's from Joseph when he's talking to his brothers. Usually, as I said, the, the term fear not is uh, followed by an explanation of why you should not fear. The first time, I always like to look, if you're looking at a phrase or, or a word, I always like to look at the first time it's mentioned in the Bible. The first time fear not is used is Genesis 15.1 that says, After these things the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. So that's the first time that we see fear not show up. Elliot gave me two of these, so I have to finish them before I finish the message. I don't know about you, but if I had to pick a single word about 2020 that was pushed on us, I would say the word fear. I think a lot of you would, would agree with that. Fear has just overwhelmed us in 2020. Fear has taken over the media. It's taken over our thoughts at times. It's taken over our lives. The thing about fear is fear can be 
Good. Let's turn to Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10. We were actually here this morning. Pastor was speaking of uh, uh, fear, uh, the fear of the sinner, basically. Verse 27 of Hebrews 10 says, But a certain fearful looking for the judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. Drop down to verse 31. It says, it, it is, it, excuse me, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Fear can be used to bring a sinner to Christ. Fear can be a tool for good. I want my children to fear me. I want, obviously, I want my children to love me, but I want them to have a fear. It, it's just like our relationship. I find it so interesting, the relationship with my kids and how close that is to what our relationship should be with God. We should have a fear of God. We should have a love for God. And that's what we should, we should show toward, toward our kids, and that's how they should feel toward us. They should have a fear of punishment. They should have a fear of uh, the stove. I hope you instill a little fear of the stove, right? They should be afraid of a busy road. Now, these things, obviously, I don't want them when they're 12 years old to be afraid of a busy road, but they need to understand the, the pain that can, that can happen through those things. <clears throat> we all fear different things at different times. There's many of us that had a great fear of COVID. There's many of us that did not have that much of a fear, but it's, I think it's been a pretty big part of our year. I'll be honest with you. What caused more fear in my, in my life was the presidential election. I'll be completely upfront with you about that. I didn't have as much fear about COVID as I did about what, what could the outcome of our country be? I mean, I had days where I just didn't want to think about it anymore. Right. Uh, but that was, that was good for me because I realized I took a step back. You'll see this in a minute when I give another example and asked myself a couple questions and said, why, what, what makes me afraid of this? And I, I thought, well, my wife and I have been married since 2016 and President Trump's been, you know, there the whole time, right? So, and we've, we've done really well. God's been so good to us. And I said that to myself. I said, God's been so good to us. And so it was like, well, no, President Trump hasn't been good to you. God has been good to you, right? So that's something that I think, like I said, we'll, we'll get to some of those questions here in a bit. Just to step back and realize uh, that God is good to us even in the time of fear. Uh, many people are, I find this odd, many people are afraid of, maybe, maybe afraid isn't the right word, but they're afraid of the end times. Like you see Christians talk about the Antichrist or the mark of the beast. We know it's coming, guys. You'll hear the same Christian say, we're in the last days. And then they'll turn around and say, oh, they want to put a microchip in you. Well, we, we know something similar is coming. We know, right? That, that's, part, that's part of the package. I know we don't, we're not in on that, all right? We're going to be out of here. Uh, we all fear different things. Malin is a, was deathly afraid of our little robot vacuum. We actually had to, I say, rehome the vacuum or sell the vacuum, right? So all of us are afraid of different things. And as you get older, I hope those things change. I hope Elliot's not running away from robot vacuums. All right, so are you? Okay. 
All right, so I have to tell you about one of my greatest fears. You guys ready for this? My wife just laughed. I heard it. I don't like bats. All right? I do not like bats. There you go. I got an amen from Mrs. Dunbar. Uh, <laughs> I don't like bats. All right? When we moved into our house, we live in a very old house, for those of you who don't know. And if you haven't been in our attic, you'll, you'll enjoy the story. So we went up to the attic one day, maybe, I don't know, a year or so after, and we saw little droplings. We thought it maybe was a rat or something. Nope. We had bats in our attic. So, fast forward, last summer, not this, not, I think it's summer of 2019. My wife and I are sleeping, and uh, all of a sudden I hear her scream, and it wakes me up. And she has the blankets pulled over her head and I instinctively put my hand over her face and said, what's wrong? Are you okay? And she's like, there's a bat in our room. And I was like, there's what? I was like, oh, she's got to be dreaming. And all of a sudden, Phew. so here we are under the covers, both of us. What are we going to do? This is what you do. Okay. Google turn on the light. That's what we did. So, and she's Googling furiously, what do you do when there's a bat in your house? <laughs> Here we are under the covers, right? So I said, all right, we sat there for a few minutes and finally, this was before Addie was born, so it was just Malin. Finally, she grabs the, and we didn't hear the bat. We were like, okay, hopefully it, it roosted or in the curtains or something. So finally she grabbed the monitor, make sure Malin was okay. It was hanging on her crib. So the, the dad instincts just kicked in and I said, well, I got to do something about it. So I threw the covers back and started running from Aylin's room. Right when I did that, Mr. Bat came right back into our room. So here's me taking our dirty clothes hamper, emptying it out and just chucking dirty clothes at the bat. I missed every time. So finally the door closed. My wife escaped. I escaped and we looked at each other and said, what do we do now? So the light was still on and we had to go in there. I had to go in there, right? So I, Google said, you know, Google's always right that it's in the, it probably will roost in your curtains. So that was the first place I looked. So I pulled back one of the curtains, nothing. Pulled back the second one, nothing. Pulled back the third one, nothing. Pulled back the fourth one. And I, I, I didn't actually see him, I just heard him. So I was like, all right, what am I gonna do? So we have a cooler in the, in the basement. So I grabbed the cooler and I took the end of the curtain rod. Mind you, this is, this is me walking very slowly in the room, not trying to make too much noise. I pulled the end of the curtain rod off and I pulled the curtain in and I just put him in a cooler. And we got it, we got it, I'm so happy, we got it. So now I'm like, what do we do with this thing? So apparently, there is a 1% chance that a bat can have rabies. Only 1%. That's a little high for me, a little high for me. All right? So they tell you you're supposed to call the center of disease control and have it tested. So that's what we did. Actually, it was a, it was a Saturday night into Sunday morning. So when we woke up for church, I was like, oh, he's been in that cooler. So I decided to pull the curtain out. Well, he was not dead. Believe it or not, he was still alive after five, six hours with no air. So we all fear different things. All right. I don't like bats. 
Oh. My lovely sister, Rachel, loves to crochet. So she decided for Christmas that Maylin needed this little guy. So this is, this is Harry the bat. I guess we're going to call him Harry. That's what I call the bats in the attic. Hopefully they're taken care of. All right, so why do I fear them, right? First of all, they're weird. They're awake at night, and they sleep during the day. Come on. They sleep upside down. Come on. They look scary. They have nasty diseases. I told my wife, I said, with COVID around, I have the most, the, the most logical fear in America. I'm afraid of bats, right? That's where COVID came from. At least they say, I don't know, whatever. Uh, but how does, how does that affect my behavior? I tell you, a couple months, for a few months, I don't even think I've told my wife, wife this, I would go into our room and I would turn that light on and be like, just look around, right? Make sure it wasn't, a, nothing came back, right? Uh, so how, one thing, I don't like to go up to our attic, that's for sure. Uh, how can I overcome that fear? One thing I've tried to do is gain knowledge of bats. What, find out what, what bats are like. Now it's, it's a little hard sometimes. Uh, but, and usually it comes up on my, my Google ads a lot. I'm like, why? This is just not, I don't want, I don't want to know more about bats. But I think educating yourself in what the fear is, uh, is, is important. Fear can be sneaky. You might not even know that you're afraid of something or, or something in your life. So how do you know you're fearful? Turn to uh, Matthew 14. Book of Matthew, chapter 14, verse 25. We'll start in 25. I'm going to go through 33. 1425. So this is the story of Peter uh, walking on the water with Jesus. Verse 25 says, And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, Whereof didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth thou art the Son of God. Back in 31 says, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? What is fear? This is, this is the number one point. Fear is based on doubt. Think about, do you have any fears where there is no doubt? I don't think so. I think there is no fear where doubt is absent. Jesus does not, in this, in this passage, does not rebuke Peter for his fear. He rebukes him for his doubt. And I think that is the seed that needs to be taken out 
of, of our lives is doubt. When we're afraid, we begin to doubt. We doubt ourselves. We doubt God. We doubt others. We become skeptical. Uh, studies have shown that cynics at the root have basically a problem with fear. We, we almost always ridicule what we're afraid of. So number one, doubt. Number two, let's go to Exodus 14. We're going to look in uh, verse 8 through 12. Exodus 14. Verse 8. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel, and the children of Israel went out with an high hand. So this is, this is the story of the Israelites finally got to uh, the Red Sea. They had gotten away from Pharaoh. Uh, but the Egyptians, verse 9, but the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them and camping by the sea beside that name, before Baal-Ziphon. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. That sounds about the only thing they did right, is calling out to the Lord, because you'll see in a minute. Uh, verse 11, And they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word uh, that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Number two, I have self-absorption. Number one is doubt. Number two, uh, things that create fear or uh, how you know you're fearful, self-absorption. Uh, point one under self-absorption is we become critical. Verse 11, And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Boy, when we get critical of leadership, when we are... Uh, you see this pretty much everywhere today with COVID, if you think about it. You know, you go into a store, everybody's wearing a mask, so-and-so's not wearing a mask, what are they going to talk about? They're going to talk about the person not wearing a mask. No, this is not a mask or anti-mask message, right? I believe you should do whatever you believe is right, okay? Uh, I think as a um, conservative, I lean more libertarian in that area, meaning I think you should figure out what is best for you, and you do it, right? Um, but you're going to deal with critical people. Because of COVID, people are critical, and people fear COVID. They fear different things in our society. People, You know what? People want to feel righteous. You notice that? People that don't know about true righteousness want to feel righteous. So they wear their masks, so they do this, so they do that, right? Again, not knocking masks or anything like that. Uh, 
Another thing we do, we become selfish. So we become critical and we become selfish. Look in the second part of verse 11. Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? When we're afraid, what do we do? Do we, do we uh, help others? You know, often we're, when we're afraid, we become defensive. We hold back, right? Uh, we, we think of only ourselves. You guys remember this? You guys remember this? Yeah. You know why this was gone? Fear. Selfishness. Right? I was going to throw this out to somebody, but I got to keep it. So. But selfishness, I think, is a, can be a result of fear. When we're selfish, we're, not, we're also not in a giving mode. Uh, we're in defense mode. You know the Dead Sea... Think about the Dead Sea. It has no outlet. It has no outlet. As inlets, the only way there's an outlet is, is, is through the cycle of... Uh... Yes, thank you. Evapor- evaporation. There is no outlet. In order for something to be fresh, to be anew, it needs an outlet. Guys, when we, when we aren't giving, when we aren't giving of ourselves and helping others, we're, we're becoming dead inside, right? We're becoming stagnant. Defense mode may be good for a time, but we need to give to others. Uh, Verse 12 says, is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Uh, Last of all, under self-absorption, I have short-sighted. They weren't thinking of the promised land at this point, right? I mean, I, I'm, I hope you don't think I'm picking on the Israelites because they're literally backed into a corner, right? They are fearful for their lives, for their children's lives, for, for, for their country, right? Uh, but we see how short-sighted they can become. Boy, do we get short-sighted. We just want to get out of 2020. Once we get out of 2020, everything will be taken care of, right? Nope. It ch- I hate to tell you this, January 1st, 12 a.m., everybody's still going to be wearing masks. Everybody's still going to be fearful of COVID, right? Uh, we need to remember what, what the goal is of, our, of a Christian's life, and that is to tell others about Jesus and to not be short-sighted uh, in that area. So we have doubt, self-absorption, and la- or, or third of all, I have your thoughts are consumed. Uh, Psalm 10. Let's go to Psalm. Psalm 10, verse 4. Psalm 10, 4 says, The wicked through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God God is not in all his thoughts. You know, when you're afraid of something, when I was afraid of that bat, for a couple months, that's all I thought about when I went upstairs, right? I was like, oh, maybe that bat's around again. I sealed up the uh, air conditioner area real good. I'm pretty sure that's where he came in from. So we need, 
to put our thoughts on other things. We need to be thinking of Christ. We need to be thinking of things that are not consuming our minds. Um, I have a, uh, a little excerpt from a book. Uh, I'm not going to give you the title, and I'm not going to give the author. I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm the only weirdo that likes to do this, but I like to look at authors who are not necessarily Christian authors and find things that they say that agree with the Bible. Uh, that's always kind of appealing to me. Uh, that the, This author says, if you want to know the author of the book later, you can come ask, but I'm not going to give it to you now. Uh, the title of this part of the book is The Six Basic Fears. He says, there are six basic fears uh, with some combination of which every human suffers at one tune or another. Most people are fortunate if they do not suffer from the entire six. Named in the order of their most common appearance, they are the fear of poverty, the fear of criticism, the fear of ill health, the fear of loss of love of someone, the fear of old age, and the fear of death. Keep in mind, this is not a Christian author, so I hope we might fear the process of death, but we're not fearing death itself. All other fears are of minor importance. They can be grouped under these six headings. The prevalence of these fears as a curse of the world runs in cycles. This book was written uh, around the time of World War I. So what I'm about to say will, will make more sense. Uh, for almost six years, while the Depression was on, we floundered in the cycle of the fear of poverty. During the World, world War, we were in the cycle of the fear of death. Just following the war, we were in the cycle of the fear of ill health, as evidenced by the epidemic of disease which spread itself all over the world. That's the Spanish flu that he's referring to there. Fears are nothing more than states of mind. Again, this is an author who's not, a, not saved. Uh, one state of mind is subject to control and direction. Physicians, as everyone knows, are less subject to the attack of disease than ordinary laymen for the reason that physicians do not fear disease. I'm going to skip the next part. Man can create nothing which he does not first conceive in the form of an impulse of thought. Following this statement comes another of still greater importance, namely, man's thought impulses begin immediately to translate themselves into their physical equivalent, whether those thoughts are voluntary or involuntary. Uh, I thought of the verse when I, when I read that, that I didn't write down. Uh, basically, the verse, to, the verse says, uh, what stuck out to me was when he said, man's thought impulses begin immediately to translate themselves into their physical equivalent. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That is what I thought of there. Uh, I like to see how uh, worldly authors can agree with the Bible and not, not, know they, not know they do. So your thoughts are consumed with fear. Turn over to Exodus 34. There's two, there's two types of fear that I think about in the Bible. One is a healthy fear and one is not a healthy fear, right? The fear of God and the fear of man. Uh, one thing that I, I thought about when I was writing this up is, let's remember that God is a jealous God. Let's turn to verse 14 of Exodus 34. It says, For thou shalt worship no other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. God wants our fear. 
And if our fear is misplaced, we need to remember that God is a jealous God. So we know about fear. We know about uh, some of the side effects. We kind of know how to, to identify it based on three or four of those things that I mentioned. So how can we defeat fear? Let's turn to Ephesians 5. My number one uh, point for defeating fear is find the source of your fear and dismantle it. Ephesians 5. Verse 16 says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. What are you spending your time on that's creating this fear? You need to target what you're spending your time on because it's obviously consuming your thoughts. So you need to remember to redeem the time. A lot of us, you know what a lot of us need to do? Stop watching the news. That's what a lot of us need to do, including myself. After the, elec- after the election, I, I took... I, I stripped down a lot of my news sources. I said, I can't do it anymore. This is ridiculous. This has consumed me too much, right? Uh, and I think, I think you, you find out what has taken a hold of your life when something sour happens with that area, right? Uh, when something goes against what you want and it, it kind of reveals, you know, your attitude reveals how you feel about that thing and you really need to step back uh, and, and take, uh, take an account of that. Now you're going to, you're going to tell me, I only watch Newsmax now, so it's fine. No problem. I only listen to stuff that I like to hear. No, you probably should cut a lot of it out. All right. Uh, I heard this. I don't know if this is a true story or not. A Chinese, so I'm going to give you some fake news. All right. A Chinese man asked an American why they still watch the news. The American asked, what do you mean? Why, why wouldn't we? The Chinese man replied, in China, we know the news is propaganda. We're still waiting for Americans to figure this out. Uh, social media is a big uh, creation of fear, I would say. It's a big thing that, well, I say that because a lot of our news sources come from there. I honestly get a lot of my news from social media. Uh, and that's something that we should cut back on because... It can create fear. Let's turn to Philippians. Philippians 4. My second point on how to defeat fear is work on your thought life. Philippians 4 verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. I I look at that verse and I say, that's the opposite of fear. Wouldn't you agree? Nothing in there says fear. Nothing. Uh, This is a great filter. I don't use it as much as I should, but this is a great filter for what you put on your social media, what kind of news you watch, what you talk about at home. This really should be used uh, even more. So work on your thought life. Uh, Let's go to 2 Corinthians 10. More about uh, your thought life. 2 Corinthians 10. Verse 
We'll go to verse 5. Verse 5 of 2 Corinthians 10 says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We need to work on our thought life and bringing those thoughts into obedience to Christ. Isaiah. Let's turn to Isaiah. So find the source of your fear and dismantle it. Uh, work on your thought life. And number three, remember who God is. Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41.10. This is uh, kind of like what I talked about in the, in the beginning. We see... Uh, something that might make someone fear, and then we see the words fear not, and then we hear, see the explanation as to why we shouldn't fear. Verse 10 says, Fear thou not, this is Isaiah 41, verse 10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. We serve a good God. We serve a God who is going to be with us. He's going to strengthen us. He's going to help us. And he's going to uphold us. That is a comforting verse in these times. So let's remember who God is. God is always with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Think about walking into Wegmans with Jesus next to you. That's a pretty wild thought, isn't it? Think about at work with Jesus next to you. I know that's, a, that's kind of a, a weird thought to have, but he's with you. He's with you. He's, if, you've, if you've cried out to him, he is with you. One thing you can do to defeat fear is ask yourself some of the questions that I asked myself about bats, but I'm hoping your, your fears are a little more uh, higher up on the scale there. All right, so one is... Why do I have this fear? What, what makes me fear this thing? How does this fear affect my behavior? And how can I overcome that fear? So why do I have this fear? How does this fear affect my behavior? And how can I overcome that fear? I think that's that second question, how does this affect my behavior? And you answer that, really look at that and and see that fear, we're going to get to this later, I shouldn't say it now, but I will. Fear is debilitating. Fear is going to control you. And if it's controlling you, you're not doing what the Lord wants you to do at that time. Uh, how to defeat fear? Tell it to Jesus. Give it to God. Admit that you are fearful. Uh, back to, the, to point one uh, about the side effects of fear was doubt, right? Doubt is simply a lack of faith. There's a, there's a verse uh, that I just wrote down the sentence here. It says, Lord, increase our faith. Bring it to the Lord if you have a fear, and you can simply say, Lord, increase my faith. I need help in this area. If you can, if you can just do that, you've gone leaps and bounds into defeating whatever it is you fear. Fear is debilitating and can stop you from moving forward. Think about a car. What is larger, the windshield or the rearview mirror? 
well, the windshield, right? We want to move forward, keep moving forward, as Pastor mentioned uh, this morning. Fear can prevent us from doing that because if it's debilitating, we're not doing what God would have us to do. Throughout the Old and New Testaments, uh, as, we've, as we've discussed, many sentences start out with, fear not for this exact reason. And worry and fear are pretty good buddies. They're good partners. So to sum up and conclude, what is fear stopping you from doing? If you have not listened to a message by Dr. Gibbs Jr. named The God of the Impossible, I would encourage you to listen to that. Uh, I think that in our church, we could do some impossible things for God. I think we have the ability, I think we rely on God enough where he can do some amazing, impossible things through us. Uh, Pastor Ingalls in uh, teens would always challenge us, do something great for God. Maybe we should take it a step further and say, do something impossible for God. But a lot of us don't want to do that because of fear. Does God want you in 2021 to attempt something impossible for him? Is fear stopping you? If there's something that God wants you to do, I encourage you to take take the steps that we've talked about and try to conquer that fear and do or at least start that impossible things for God. Uh, from From a perspective of, I put on my notes, non-spiritual. That's not what I mean. What I mean is more of a a practical, uh, everyday way. Are you fearful of quitting a job that God doesn't want you in? Some of you, I I don't know anybody specifically, but some of you might hate your job so much that it affects your behavior. You might come in on a Wednesday and just be beat down. Are you fearful to give up that job because you think maybe, oh, I can't get another job, right? I don't, th- I don't believe that the point of the Christian life is to be happy. That's not, that's not why we're here. It's not part of, uh, of being a Christian. However, I think we, we, ha- we focus on that so much that we think, if I hate my job, it's okay. Don't worry about it, right? You, you, you got to do one of two things. You either got to quit or you have to change your attitude and, help, and ask the Lord to help you change your attitude on that. Uh, I know that doesn't sound related to fear, but that, God gave me that, I guess. Uh, so I guess you, you would be fearful to quit, right? Uh, does God want you maybe to start a business, but you're fearful? I think that we need more Christian businesses in America. We need more Christian businesses in Auburn, right? Uh, I don't know what God has for you, but don't let fear stop you. Again, we're going to go back to there's a pattern in the Bible. Something happens to be afraid of or frightening. God has a messenger that says, fear not. And then there's a reason given not to fear. I think early in this pandemic, we really focused on not fearing, right? God hath not given us the spirit of fear. We, We talked about that verse a lot, right? What we really need to do now is look for that reason to not fear. 
So listen to For the Fear Not and what exciting reason it is that we don't need to be afraid. If you're fearful, don't, don't stay there. Don't live in fear. Let's, let's turn to Romans 14. Romans 14, verse 23. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Guys, if we're doubting stuff in our lives, if we're doubting, if we, if we have fear because of doubt, we're in sin. Let's call it what it is, right? I, I have written down here, fear equals doubt equals lack of faith, equals sin. If you have some sort of doubt in your life or a lack of faith, you're in sin. Let's get it taken care of. In 2021, let's, let's defeat fear and do that through uh, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for how you can help us defeat fear. Lord, I thank you for the patterns that we can see in your word to, uh, to apply uh, in our lives. Lord, I pray that uh, you would use this message in a special way that those here would not fear, that they would realize that you're a good God, that you're, that you're always with us. Lord, that fear really is sin when, it, when doubt is involved. And most of the time, if not all the time, doubt is involved. Lord, help us to clear out that doubt. Lord, help us to remember that whatever goes through our mind comes out in an action. Lord, our thoughts affect our lives. And if we're not, if we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing, it's probably because of fear. Lord, help us to to love you, help us to do uh, what is best. Uh, Lord, help us to uh, not fear. Help us to be doubt-free. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you how it, for how it speaks to us. In your name I pray. Amen.